0: Just a quick heads up, The Holy Hive Show does contain adult language that may not be suitable for sensitive listeners and children. Hello, and welcome to The Holy Hive Show. For holyhiveutah.com, I'm Jordan Delacruz, and with me today is Dan Lawler. Dan, what's up?
1: Hello, Jordan Delacruz.
0: Sorry for the uh, week off. I had a, had a rona scare
1: a, a real rona scare.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just had a, I had some some weird uh muscle achy, fatiguey symptoms that my significant other was also experiencing, so we thought it would be best to maybe cuz if you watch
1: on YouTube, you see that Dan and I do this in a
0: studio. We have to be kind of close to each other. And so, I was like, let's get a test first.
1: But, truly, I thought we were just going to play it off as if we did an episode and everyone just missed it. Yeah, <laughs> we could have we could have gotten away with it.
0: I actually it made me feel good though the, the amount of people that were upset that there was no episode last week. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was nice. I'm like I'm I'm sorry that I, I failed in my duty, but you know thanks for supporting the show. Uh, but so we we went and did the test, got the got the brain swab. Not a fan. We're clean. I went and did the the uh, the the test at the University of Utah, and I gotta say I hate the way that they did the the results uh-huh. for it because. You've had the test, didn't you? Yes. And you went to Intermountain?
1: I went to Intermountain Healthcare.
0: Yeah. And I have some, I work with some people that went to Intermountain and they said that you can like access your results through an app. Yes. With the University of Utah, you go do the test and they're like, okay, 20, there's a window 24 hours from now to 36 hours from now, which is basically the whole next day. Yes. And they're like, if we call, if you have it, we'll call you. But if you don't, you won't get a phone call. Yeah. And so there's no like negative, like you're, you know,
1: you're clean. There's, there's way too much wiggle room there. I think it, there's, it, there's yeah. too much room for clerical error.
0: Yeah. Re, yeah. And it, it honestly made every phone call cause it was, uh, I I got it done on Sunday. So I had to work the next day. Mm-hmm. I was working from home and every phone call, every work phone call that I got just
1: was like made my stomach drop. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was mine. I will say that even, even within our mountain healthcare, there was a bit of frustration because they gave me a pamphlet when they when they tested me, and it gave me the instructions for how to access the app to mm-hmm. see if I if I did test negative or positive. And in the pamphlet, the example given literally just says result negative, uh-huh. and in my test result, it said not detected. And I was like, oh, does that mean that they haven't yet check, yeah. checked my sample? Because y- this was yeah. back when it was like, oh, this is probably going to take five days to get this back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was 24 hours later, like it was 24 hours after I took the test that Uh the not detected showed up. And so I just like still stayed at home and like hung out in my room (laughs) for a couple more days thinking like, Oh, they just haven't checked it. And then I called them and they're like, no, that means that you're negative. Okay. Maybe put that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Negative. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, my, my results came fast. Uh, someone who I work with got tested recently and their results came fast, but like someone else that I work with, got tested at the beginning of this, and they were like, it was a week. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad that <laughs> it yeah. wasn't that because just waiting for a phone call for a whole week would have just been awful. Truly. Um, but lo and behold, clean, don't have the Rona. And really. uh, in the past week, I've been just kind of consuming a ton of media, books and, yeah. and, and movies and stuff. Um, what
1: have you been consuming over the last week, Dan? Well, most of my, my consumption over the last week has been – like fantasy football analytics because i've been gearing up for that sort of season yeah um i also was watching a lot of nba playoffs mm-hmm. sorry to the jazz who by the time this podcast comes out will have been eliminated for a week so yeah. we keep it topical here <laughs> um i like how you're you're, you're repping yeah repping i wore the, home the jazz, wore the jazz shirt you know to support <laughs> but yeah mostly doing that i've been you know reading some self-help books and uh going on a lot of bike rides lately yeah so anything any any good books what's this what what's, self, what's the
0: what's the topic of self-help book that you go for
1: how to improve like business so okay on on the topic of the business holy Hive show yeah <laughs> okay cool um <laughs> and then other than that i watched some of the boys the new season of the boys and i've that been came playing, out yesterday didn't it yeah and i've been playing loads of tony hawk yeah dude that tony hawk game is so good it's just the nicest little nostalgia blanket uh-huh. to wrap yourself in in all of this chaos. Yeah,
0: and uh, honestly, they could have really phoned it in, and people yeah. probably still would have loved it. But the like remaster of the, the the games is awesome. Yeah, it's really good.
1: A lot of new like uh, new challenges to complete, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think they did find fun way because the games are quick. Yeah, like you can yep. go, you can fly through the actual game. Yeah, but it's the extras that have been added in that are nice. Mm-hmm. I will say, I don't love. And maybe it's because the the original thing is so pure. I don't love a lot of the new songs that they added.
0: Yeah. And and I know that they did that because they couldn't keep retain the copyright yeah. for a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. But the ones that stayed, like, it, it's so weird hearing because yeah. you're like, I know every lyric to this song, but I've never listened to this outside the
1: game. Power Man 5000. Power
0: Man 5000, <laughs> like Papa Roach deep cuts yeah. and stuff. And like, this is super 2000, 1999, uh, like post-rock stuff. Um, but yeah, really, really, really fun. Um, and I gotta, I gotta watch the boys. I've been excited for that for the whole yeah. past year.
1: They're doing it differently where now they're just releasing a few episodes and then doing it weekly. What do you, so I have opinions about that. Okay. Are you a binger or do you like the week by week presentation? It's one of those things where, you know, when you're taught a lesson and at first you don't really want to be taught a lesson, but at the end you're like, that was valuable for yeah, me. Yeah. Like I would rather be given it all to binge right away, yeah. But I do find it more valuable when I am forced to watch things on a weekly basis instead of mm-hmm. digesting it all at once. It definitely stays more present in my mind. It's easier yeah. to kind of talk about and yeah. analyze with people. Um, so yeah, I think I probably prefer. It's the veggies, you know. I prefer the. I prefer yeah. the uh, the week to week. Yeah, for the benefit of myself. But man, do I love to just like chow down on some dessert, which is just the binging, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
0: I yeah, and I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm so right now uh, I'm watching Lovecraft Country on HBO. Yeah, and they do HBO has always just done the week by week thing, Mm -hmm. and I love the week by week thing because you it really gives you a chance to kind of talk about what's going on and then do what I love to do, which is theorize. Yeah, and that I kind of. Got into that with like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and we were watching Game of Thrones
1: putting uh, on the old tinfoil hat put on the
0: tinfoil hat and it, it's funny because when you look back on it like uh, the the binge mode podcast that they do with the ringer where they talk about they went through and watched every episode of Game of Thrones and kind of broke them down yeah and, you, and this was prior to season seven they like had all these theories, and they were like, oh, this is totally coming in, in season seven, and then you see how wrong they w- were, yeah. <laughs> what direction they took the show. But like, I love that week-by-week week theorizing. And that was a big thing with Westworld, too, which mm-hmm. is like you never had any idea what was going on.
1: Yeah, that's a show built for Reddit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like whole purpose is mm-hmm. to get people to use Reddit, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and Lovecraft Country feels like that, too, where I think the, the, show runners, the main showrunner is a woman who – I think is mainly a writer, and her name is Misha Green. Uh huh. And Jordan Peele is kind of like the steward yeah. of her work. Yeah. So he's like an executive producer, but I think he maybe has some creative input too. And then J.J. Abrams is also like an executive producer. Gotcha. And so it does have that kind of mystery box week by week feel. You're like, I have no idea what's going on.
1: I and think that Jordan Peele specifically loves that sort of symbolic, like, uh, symbology. Yeah. Is that a word? Symbolies. Symbolicology. having the worst brain fart (laughs) um just like symbolism symbolism there you go jesus um with (laughs) with us you know like us is something that like you pick apart every frame and you can analyze and Mm -hmm. there's like more questions than answers in that movie which i think fits in really well with jj abrams
0: yeah and that's honestly my, my biggest criticism of lovecraft country if uh you know you haven't seen it sometimes it feels a little more jj abrams than jordan peel yeah. which i think kind of plays against it cuz the jordan peel stuff like like real you really feel it yeah. like that's something that f- like in the first episode i don't think this is a huge spoiler but the the idea of a sundown town you mm-hmm. know what that is no so a sundown town was something that was prevalent back in you know before the s- civil rights movement where yeah. these kind of backwoods towns had sundown laws and if black people were caught in the town after sundown then you could basically prosecute them yeah um and the characters getting stuck in situations like that where they're like oh, in yeah a town and they're trying to get out before the sun goes down it just feels very jordan peele yeah you know um and then yeah and then it goes into like some weird like Ill- illuminati alien gotcha. shit and it gets
1: like really nuts um I do love the kind of role that Jordan Peele is almost playing in a lot of ways now. Like he's almost taken on like it's so quick how how this happened to him, mm-hmm. but like he is really almost taken on this like Steven Spielberg esque yeah. role as like like how you said like a shepherd almost. You know he gets to shepherd in like new talent and projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's real I fun. Mean,
0: he he was basically and I, I, a lot of people. I didn't I didn't actually watch it because I don't know. It didn't it didn't really appeal to me that much even though i'm a huge twilight zone fan but he did the twilight Zone remake on on cbs and i mean steven spielberg directed a a segment of the twilight zone movie Mm. and so yeah he does feel like he's yeah right in between like Mm -hmm. kind of jj abrams steven spielberg and alfred hitchcock yeah and lovecraft country feels like that too but yeah there is some of it where i'm like is this gonna pay off because with jj abrams sometimes you don't always get the payoff. no yeah if you you look at something like lost (laughs) um all right let's do some news Okay, so um, Salt Lake City is moving to yellow
1: COVID status. Rock and roll. Do you know what yellow means? Uh, it means that I got a little piece of paper on my apartment door saying that the pool will be open for like <laughs> a, a week. It's like, cool. I mean, summer's over.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, if you want to swim now, you can. Uh, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall el- announced this week that Salt Lake's coronavirus restrictions will be lowered from orange to yellow Mayor Mendenhall uh, urges that even though restrictions will loosen, this is no time to ease up on personal responsibility. Yellow status means all Salt Lake City businesses will be able to open, and groups of 50 can now gather indoors, and team sports can resume with symptom checks and precautions. I think we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, where like these kind of levels, these color-coded levels, don't really mean anything because it seems like they can adjust them yeah. and what they mean um, on a state by state basis. But, um, I don't know, how do you feel about us moving into a kind of a looser re- restriction?
1: Mostly what you just said, honestly, is that like, I mean, we had a conversation a couple of months ago when we talked about how Herbert wanted to, Governor Herbert wanted to allow Salt Lake City students to go to in-person schooling despite their color code yeah. because he didn't want them to feel like left out or something. Yeah. So like, the color codes, I think, are more of just like a soft suggestion than uh-huh. anything else. It seems like you know, yeah. it's like, hey, this is I guess, I guess this is it. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's good. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, I, I, I want businesses to be open and be able to uh, operate safely and whatnot. So, yeah. I think that's great. I would hope that it doesn't really change anything for people. You know, yeah. And I mean, I think it's going to. People are getting really. I think people are getting really s- squirmy and tired of mm-hmm. tired of it. I'm all the Comorbidities, which is a word I didn't know I would ever have to know. <laughs> um, I all of the talk of like, well, COVID doesn't kill you, asthma kills
0: you. Yeah,
1: is just uh, you know, disheartening. Yeah, and I think those people are getting louder and uh, growing in numbers because I think we're all, we're just kind of tired. Yeah, I think we might be psychologically weakened.
0: Yeah, and we're kind of seeing that play out in a weird way in Provo, where there's this tug of war between the city uh-huh. and the citizens and not not only just the city, like the city council yeah. and the mayor. Um and so like I think where, where the where the where the whole Provo thing stands now is like the city council voted to have a mask mandate. Yeah. The mayor vetoed their decision. And then they had a they had a, another city council meeting to veto the mayor's decision, which passed. And so they had a mask mandate and now there's a bunch of citizens that have aligned You're trying to appeal it, they're trying to appeal, yeah, the appealed, the twice appealed decision, yeah. And it's just like, what are we doing, guys? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I saw, I saw like them talking about how they're infringing upon the rights of students by making students wear masks. And it's like, where were you when like skirts were somehow too short or yeah. like tank top straps were too thin? Like, yeah. shut up,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Um, I was I, I was on Twitter and I, I I I can't remember what what her name is is it, there's this writer f- here in Utah who was talking about how her daughter uh, just had her first week at BYU yeah and she tested positive for COVID after being there for in the dorms for a few days and yeah. they've had this like cluster of outbreaks down at BYU and how frustrating it was that they've spent months and months quarantining and putting their lives on hold only to um, you know, can, yep. you know, only only for their daughter to contract the virus the first week back, despite all the cautions. You know, not everyone are yeah. taking. And, and I, I'm not sure. I forgot to check to see if it went down. But the people that threw that Provo party threw another party this weekend, and <laughs> with you know,
1: more with yeah, more eight year old songs.
0: Yeah, and it's like a yeah, <laughs> it's another like BYU back to school party, and you have the city council fighting with citizens over whether there should be a mask mandate or anything. And, and, and now there's just students partying and they're, you know, they can't get control of, you know, what's going on down there.
1: Um, I do know that there have been 27 outbreaks in Utah schools since August 13th when, when people started Mm -hmm. to come back. And I don't think that doesn't necessarily mean like there's huge numbers of students getting sick. I think an outbreak is literally two people. Like if yeah. two people get sick mm-hmm. um, at school, then they consider it an
0: outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some that were more serious, like even in like oh, yeah. elementary schools and stuff like yeah. that.
1: I think they are finding it mostly mostly through high schoolers, mm-hmm. which does make sense yeah. in terms of socializing. And, and we talked and about that, that. that. Yeah. a few weeks ago. We
0: were like, what would we do if we were in high school? Yeah. And we we're like, we'd probably be shitheads about it, you know? Truly. And so, Which goes to show that it's really important for uh, government leaders to kind of set the standard to be the adults. Yeah, and I, another thing that I thought was interesting in that article, which um, I guess let's I want to give a shout out to who who whoever wrote this article. It was from the Trib. It was Cor- Courtney Tanner and Sean P. Means, two really good writers over at the Salt Lake Tribune. Sean P. Means. Sean P. Means. Um, uh, they all, in in this article they, they talked about how uh, some of this this the people that run the the township of Alta mm-hmm. don't want to move to yellow status because there's ski resorts and stuff like that. And then as they move into fall and winter, they're afraid that people traveling from all over, yeah there's they, they don't want their little town to be an outbreak, yeah, um, you know, a place for, for a cluster of outbreaks. And I think they were denied keeping their town in orange. Um, wow. Which is, I just, I don't know how all this works. How they like. Yeah. Who's,
1: who's like, who's deciding? Yeah. And who's, you know.
0: And, and, and I think, I think Governor Herbert said it kind of earlier in this whole pandemic that it should be up to the towns. Like we shouldn't yeah. do an oversweeping thing, which I think, you know, kind of makes sense. Like obviously you're not going to have the same type of outbreak potential in like Price, Utah mm-hmm. than you are in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, but if, a town wants to stay in orange because they're susceptible to a lot of travel and a lot of visitors, then, you know, you should, you should be able to, you should let them. Yeah. It was very interesting. But anyway, moving to yellow, please keep wearing masks. And actually, that's something I do feel good about is that Salt Lake city does seem to have the masking down. Yeah. And that's, that's something we didn't get to talk about last week uh, because we didn't do the show, but Salt Lake, they did a study and they found that they were up to like 90% of, yeah. um, Pretty good. Yeah of, of utones or salt lake city residents wearing masks so that's good keep wearing your masks um speaking of masks <laughs> haunted a, houses what a segue yeah right you like that segue haunted houses uh are going to be opening this month this comes from uh todd fuchs at ksl uh haunted houses are prepping for a socially distant spookathon as they push through the pandemic complications and prepare for a september opening Nightmare on 13th is among those that will be opening for the Halloween season. And the owner says it might not be as difficult as it seems. Um, employees will stay six feet away from patrons as they walk through in isolated groups. And uh, they also, I didn't know this, but in the article it says they use, they don't scream in your face. Like, you know, they used to back in the day. Yeah. They actually use.
1: Like a voice box. Yeah. They
0: use triggers to, yeah. to, to, to and their speakers hidden mm-hmm. within the walkthrough that scream at you so they don't yeah. actually and they did that because uh, a lot of the uh vo- the, the people working there their voices were getting hoarse and they yeah. couldn't keep screaming and screaming um so they don't even you know
1: scream in your face which is good it does feel sort of like the kind of like the wizard of oz when when he steps out from behind the curtain like you know it feels <laughs> like oh yeah not as scary
0: yeah yeah it's just a voice box um What do you think? So we talked about buffets reopening a few weeks ago. Does this sound worse to you than a buffet? No, actually, sounds better.
1: It it does because I mean, like, you're not spooning food onto your plate that someone already spooned Mm -hmm. and someone else spooned before you. Yeah, Um, you know, there's there the the fact that I'm not like constantly putting things in my mouth is is you know part of why I think it just sounds better. I mean, I don't really care about about haunted houses Mm -hmm. typically, but but it does sound better to me to, to, yeah, than going to a Chuck-O-Rama, which yeah. is open. They've got signs in my neighborhood. Chuck-O-Rama is yeah. <laughs> now open.
0: It, it, yeah. It almost feels like a, a haunted house could operate if they took precautions. Cause, like, you could, I mean, again, they're wearing masks. Can you put filters in those masks? Yeah. Um, so people are masked up and then just make sure that, you know, everyone walking through is masked up and that there's yeah. a distance thing. Like, you could really, um, choreographed the whole experience to be distant and you know i i I, when i first saw this article come up i read the headline and i was like
1: i don't know if that sounds like a good idea and then i kind of read through it and i was like okay that that might maybe won't be the worst thing when i i I had the same exact reaction when i first when i first saw it on the rundown i was like oh god no and then (laughs) i read i was like oh this seems like almost better setup than most other industries
0: The, uh, one thing I loved about the article is, uh, the proprietor of the haunted house compared opening during COVID to, uh, opening in 2001 when they had to open 10 days after nine 11. Wow. He said it actually might be easier than that, which, you know, forget about millennials between nine 11, the housing market crash and COVID haunted houses have had a rough 20 years. Yeah. Haunted houses. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about haunted houses in general? Like forget the COVID thing, but do you like the going to like
1: spook alleys and stuff like that? I think I did when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, now it's just really hard to, because when I was younger, I think that I could almost suspend my disbelief a bit more. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, and I, full disclosure, I haven't been to a haunted house in probably like eight years. Yeah. But I think the last time I went, you know, I was probably like 21, 22. And I just like, couldn't stop laughing. Cause I was like, this is yeah this is just a sixteen year old theater kid, yeah yeah like trying to make a couple bucks in October, yeah, <laughs> like that's you know, yeah, they're really selling it, good for them, but yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I would just rather watch like a scary movie personally, yeah you know give me give me some scary movies in a pop popcorn mm-hmm. bucket, and i'm and I'm ready to roll,
0: yeah, I generally do not like haunted houses, yeah, especially. A lot of them seem they they seem like cash grabs where they're just you know throwing people in clown costumes and yeah you know throwing some UV sensitive paint on the walls and black lights everywhere and True. stuff like that and but I do remember and I was I was pretty young when I experienced this um, and for people that have lived here and maybe are a little bit older. You have to remember Rocky Point this this haunted house that was um, open I think closed in the mid2000s. Mm-hmm. But there was a place there was a have you heard of this Rocky point I don't think so. So there was a haunted house called Rocky Point and they like took this whole concept to the next level to the point where like they, they just had killed people. Yeah, they just killed, they just murdered people. <laughs> there was a chance you would get murdered if you went into the on house. No, it wasn't, so that that's what was cool about it was they didn't try to do the, like it wasn't so reliant on jump scares or yeah. we're going to have a guy chase you with a chainsaw. You do get chased with a, a by a guy with a chainsaw, but, um, <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily about that. And I remember um, hearing about how they brought in special effects makeup artists from like, move like film crews and stuff like that from like Hollywood. And they, they really put the emphasis on the set design Mm -hmm. and like genuinely like, so when you, I remember walking, like I was probably 10 or 11 years old when I went, I went with my aunt. She just took me one year and they weren't trying to do like a scary thing. They were just trying to show you like a cool thing. And like a lot of it was paying, paying like homage to like horror movies and stuff like that. They would have this like set, that looked like a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking down, there's houses on each side. And it looked real. Like, the, the set dressing was incredible. And as you're walking down, like, this empty street, all of a sudden, zombies start coming out of these houses yeah. slowly and just start walking around you. They're not getting in your face. They're not jumping around, but they're just kind of, like, meandering. And you're like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. Like, you genuinely feel yeah. like you're in
1: a, in, a, in a horror movie. You sound like a... Uh... Like a rock and roll purist. You're like, it's about the music, yeah. man. I, I, that's, <laughs> it's yeah. not about the money.
0: <laughs> but it really, it did. It felt more like art. And there was it. like, there was like choreography. And I remember mm. they had like this whole homage to like slasher films where yeah. each room was a different scene from a horror movie. So that like, sounds cool. I don't know why they went with Halloween H2O, but there was a scene from <laughs> Halloween H2O. And I was like, that was, this was in the prime of my like youth yeah. horror f- fandom.
1: And um I always get like really confused with the late period Halloween movies. Is that Buster Rhymes? No, that's Halloween Resurrection. So H two O's Josh Hartnett.
0: Josh Hartnett, yeah. Alright. Okay. <laughs> you just I got it. you you pinpoint Halloween movies by outdated celebrities. Paul Rudd, Halloween five, I think. Yeah, the six. <laughs> six. Yeah, the, the curse of man. Those were some of those oh, movies are pretty amazing. trash. Um but yeah, it did when when you're kind of making turning it into like an experience and it is like this kind of uh there and maybe that's why they d- it didn't work out because mm-hmm. they were spending so much money on making this whole experience really cool um they ended up yeah they did end up closing and man if they could if they could turn something like that out again i think they do stuff like that at like universal studios like halloween horror nights yeah where they're like actually doing experiences. So you feel like you're walking through like a film set and it's not just like, yeah, like you said, the 16 year old theater kids, like yeah. they're hiring, you know, people with like, they're hiring amputees <laughs> and choreographing them to do weird, crazy things. And um, if I, if I, if I, there was something like that, that came back, then I would probably be into it. But for sure, the state of haunted houses are not, <laughs> not my thing right now. Um, but I did think about this haunted houses might be scarier than ever now. Because of the the potential to get COVID. Yeah, That's true. And if they could make a haunted house, that was like, the the theme of the haunted house was like, there's a plague. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the scariest shit ever. (laughs) Next story. Okay, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is coming. And I'm pretty excited. Oh, shit. Uh, Andy Cohen, who hosts Bravo's Real Housewives, tweeted a tease about the upcoming Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. His tweet simply said, Okay, I'm gonna say it. Hashtag R H O S L C is blow
1: away. I'm
0: not sure what that means. I read that too. <laughs> and I was like,
1: I, that sounds that sounds like like a hair treatment. Yeah. Uh,
0: maybe maybe that's what it is. Oh,
1: blowout is a hair treatment. Yeah, I think right. so. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he also said it's a real curveball to the housewives franch- franchise. Hashtag coming soon. Yeah. Um, he originally announced this project last November, stating, "We've always tried to choose a city that has completely unique personalities, and we also tried to throw." A little curveball now and then, pick somewhere you weren't expecting. So,
1: what are your predictions on how the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is going to play out? I think it's like I'm—I've never seen. Okay, I've never seen a single second of any of the other Real yeah. Housewives programs. Yeah. Um, but this like genuinely excites me. I don't know why. I think it's because it's just like an opportunity because of the unknown. Like what you're asking me right now excites. Yeah, me. the curiosity there are, of there it. are so many variables like what are the housewives going to be like? Because I have a very specific idea of mm-hmm. a Utah housewife in my head. Yeah. And it's a very stereotypical LDS idea of uh-huh. that. And I don't think that's what they're going to go for, at least not yeah. all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. I hope there's at least, like, one doTERRA mom in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there probably will be. A mommy blogger is yeah. going to be in there for sure, you uh-huh. know? And I think that there, there, there at least has to be one or two like really prudish lds moms yeah yeah because like when you think
0: about like the the real housewives of beverly hills mm-hmm. you already kind of have it in your head of what's the show what the show's gonna be like yeah it's gonna be a lot of it's like the hills for 40 year olds yeah yeah it's gonna be like a lot of women that have way too much money yeah and way too much botox and they day drink constantly and shop and fight fight each other yeah <laughs> and um so and yeah, and and I I don't like I just don't know how this is going to play out. I, w- I was thinking, is this going to be the youngest cast of the Real Housewives ever? Yeah, you just got
1: like a twenty four year old.
0: <laughs> yeah, with eight kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I I that's that's why I'm kind of interested in seeing how this because like I think most of my experience or exposure to the Real Housewives is like parody of Real Housewives.
1: Yeah, I th- mine's all just like GIF based from yeah. the internet. I've seen GIFs. Yeah, so. which.
0: You know, we might have a, a good slew of memes coming from yeah. the Real Housewives of That's Salt. That's one City. thing I'm
1: really concerned about is we need to get our Twitter account unlocked in time to live tweet yeah. along with this. I really wanted to, like, have some live tweeting of the jazz yeah. games, but Me I guess too. we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, Fucking Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, free Holy Hive Yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if they are going to focus on more of the cartoony parts of like Utah, which yeah. is like the, the the Mormon housewife, and because um, I, I mean, if he if he, if that's the curveball that he's talking about, it's like yeah, usually the housewives are getting drunk and and starting drama. Yeah, that's not something that's really going to happen in Utah. So that's the curveball is mm-hmm. like they don't fight about those types of things. And that, I hope
1: you know. it's not all of that. You know? Yeah, me too. Because. I think that that would be funny to a degree, but like, I don't want to just continue to like reinforce stereotypes about Utah, especially Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily true.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe there is like, there's like, we'll see a clash of like Mormonism with non-Mormonism in these like groups of housewives. Hey, if they do
1: the, if they do the, uh, another thing that we missed out on talking last week, if they do have one in Utah County, which is not Salt Lake. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll be one of those new Mormon moms on the medical marijuana. Yeah, that's true. Mmmmm. Yeah. Mormon moms for medical marijuana. Yeah,
0: yeah. That would that would be cool. Just like Stoner mom,
1: Stoner yeah. Mormon mom. Yeah,
0: I like the I like the DoTerra call. That's a good prediction. Yeah. Um. The other prediction is there's gonna be a ton of kids with really annoying names. True. You know that seems to be yeah. like a staple of, of of Utah. Um. But yeah, I'm actually really interested to see how this plays out. I am like, too. I'm not at all a, f- a fan of like these types of well you know uh, I should say though with 2020 and the way I've been consuming media trash TV has been a little more prevalent in my life mm, okay like I kind of got into like 90 day fiance and stuff like that it, and you know it's something that I always roll my eyes at and then I'm watching and I'm like I can't look away yeah and it just it's like one of those things that makes me feel better about myself <laughs> I'm I like, hear okay, you. my life isn't too in shambles it's therapeutic <laughs> yeah it is a little therapeutic. Um, so we'll be looking forward to that. Hopefully our Twitter account's unlocked and we can live tweet uh, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This one was kind of inspired by an article that uh, I read in the Salt Lake Tribune by Robert Gerke. Um He wrote a piece, a great piece in the Salt Lake Tribune uh, this week about the stateroom and how there was this kind of uh, drama with their liquor license. How yeah. they haven't hadn't renewed it or anything like that and a lot of people saw it as an omen the state room was going to close
1: that's what i had figured yeah me too honestly
0: when they were reporting about all the bars and stuff that hadn't been renewing their liquor license which some ended up letting them
1: lapse yeah um, i know the punch bowl social club did which i don't want to kick a a dog while it's down but i did not have a good time there
0: (laughs) it's not 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 really my thing um and I I think when we went, they were also trying to get it going. Still yeah, it was bit. it was early. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, to a point, it it opened in like September, and we went in December. But yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah. So, um, which is unfortunate because it, it seemed like the gateway was finally starting to yeah. get up on its feet. Um. So yeah, there was this whole debacle with the the liquor licenses, and uh, in in this article, uh, Robert Gurki talks about how they did end up getting their liquor license and. Um, uh, he expresses his relief that the venue has renewed their license yeah. and won't be closing. Um, but he also goes uh kind of in depth in the article about uh, grants created by uh United States senators called the Save Our Stages grant, uh-huh. and it sets aside about ten billion dollars to protect nations venues and music halls. Um, and he praises those efforts, stating uh, the Save Our Stages Act would be worthwhile a worthwhile investment in ensuring culture and the arts don't fall victim to the pandemic and in keeping our communities vibrant and alive, which I completely agree with. Yeah. You know, those are a lot, lot, like we want to go back to movie theaters and we don't want to see Salt Lake Film Society or the Utah Film Center suffer because of all this. Um, On the other side of this whole pandemic, we hope those places are open. And so uh, music venues are the same thing where they're really struggling because of the nature of their business and everyone misses them, but no one can can, um, experience them right now. And so we need to find ways to support these music venues. And if you know, honestly, if you can find a way to donate to some of these music venues or movie theaters or places that can operate, I'm sure there's a way to do it. Um, but they do have a grant set aside, uh, to kind of keep some of these places open. But, uh, with this article, it kind of inspired us to talk about our local music venues. And I, I just wanted to put together a top five list of, of music venues. All right. Cause I've got opinions. Yeah, about music venues. I actually
1: don't. I, when we were doing this, I was like, "Wow, I really don't have that strong of opinions." Really? Yeah. Okay, I got opinions. <laughs> well, I guess. I guess I don't. It's not that I don't have strong opinions. It's that I found out found that I don't actually love a lot of. There's not many venues that I really yeah. love.
0: Yeah, there's. So I think. I think it all depends on the experience that you want. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was just the way that we grew up, but w- when we were younger
1: diving music venues were like big to us yeah um well I, we were very much into like punk rock and underground sort of yeah. music where you have like a seven dollar show you don't have yeah. to travel to the like vivant or delta center at yeah. that yeah there to, were kind know. of these
0: little tiny dumpy music halls that were in your community and i remember like in eighth grade finding out that there was a music scene like i didn't you know it's that it's that thing where you don't know about cool music until you're exposed (laughs) to older people and they're like oh yeah you got to check this out it's
1: the knives chow scott pilgrim i just found out about cool music two weeks ago yeah yeah (laughs) exactly and
0: i was like i I remember my friend going you want to go to a show and i'm like a show what do you mean a show and he's like yeah we're gonna go watch these metal bands play in downtown ogden I was like in eighth grade and I was like, what? Yeah. And then you go and it's just all these young people jumping around and yeah. and these bands who probably suck, but their energy is it's fun raw. and it's yeah, it's raw and it's fun. Um, get kicked around in the mosh pit a little bit. Yeah. Like that thing that 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 kind of stuff was really, really important to me, almost more so than, you know, going and seeing, you know, Fallout Boy. Yeah. In, in For sure. a bigger venue or something like that. It's these smaller venues that really had an impact. Um, uh, I so I I like completely agree with everything written in the article, and I really appreciate organizations like uh, SNS for uh trying to find ways to keep local music prevalent. They've been doing like these kind of bike tour music things, yeah, where they have bands play and you can bike around and yeah, stay distant. Stuff. Like that's really cool. So let's go down our lists of uh, our top five venues. Let's start with five and go and and work our way to number one.
1: Really quick before we go into it, because you put the you put the. The qualifier that it has to be in business. Yes. I do just really quickly want to say that okay. I love okay. and miss the old wild mushroom pizza. Yeah. That was <laughs> on 4th South across the street from Liberty Park. That turned into Tin Angel, which turned into Kinsen Noodle Company. Oh, Pioneer Park. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Club Overdrive, which was on 13th, uh-huh. which later turned into Club Vortex and now is apartments because all venues must eventually mm-hmm. die to become apartments. yeah. But um, now we can go through our list. Sorry, I just wanted to get. that No, out yeah, yeah, no. Bit.
0: I think that's a good that's a good thing to do. Shout out to the 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 ones the, and and honestly, we just got news that the in the venue is going to be torn down. Yeah, and you know, I don't know where in the venue would probably land on this list. I was never a gigantic fan
1: of in the venue. It served its purpose for me.
0: Yeah, it did. It it, it, it served its purpose, and I don't know if I would be rallying for like a venue like Club Boomba if it was still yeah, open exactly. because it was essentially just a oh, big room.
1: Yeah, really, with a tiny stage. I will say for in the venue, it had a very, like, it was a, like, it was full circle for me as a mm-hmm. human. Um, the first show I ever went to there was in eighth grade and it was the used. And the last show I ever went to there was in like 2013 or 14 and yeah. it was the used. Yeah. Yeah. So it was used in Taking was, Back Sunday. Yeah. It was a nice little circle. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um, and it's funny because, like, I remember in the venue had like this kind of, uh, this real estate in my head when I was like in eighth grade where I was like, Oh, it's this cool venue where yeah. all the big bands play and stuff exactly. like then you grow up and you go to in the venue and you're like this place is
1: a little bit of a dump.
0: Yeah. But it's our dump, you know? Yep. So okay, uh yeah, shout out to all the uh all the uh
1: the fallen brothers. The
0: fallen venue brothers. Okay, number five.
1: What's your number five? Uh this is a total reach. Uh, but it's Murray Theater. I like Murray Theater. I think that Murray Theater has an excellent marquee. And yeah. <laughs> all the signage out front is very, very cool looking. Yeah. Very old fashioned, like mm-hmm. small town, main street vibe about yeah. out of it. Um, definitely somewhat scummy on the inside per my yeah. past experiences. But like, I just saw some really fun shows there Yeah, with some really good bands. It's small. I, I, I always prefer a smaller venue to a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I prefer like a smaller, smaller music to bigger music. I think, Yeah. You know, um, And kind of has what you were talking about when you were saying eighth grade, just like Mm -hmm. that raw energy. Yeah. Just throwing yourself around is fun. I love
0: those old kind of mid-century theaters Mm -hmm. where you can see, like they probably, like I'm not sure, I don't know the history of Murray Theater, but I'm sure it was probably like a place for stage plays and movies and stuff like that. Um, I know that
1: they're like currently trying to like revamp it. That's cool. Like Like they're trying to remodel a little bit. I hope they
0: keep a lot of the stuff, like, you know, you can- punch up the, the theater, but mm-hmm. a lot of that original architecture that's in there yeah. is still pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And and there's a theater in Boulder, Colorado that uh we went to a show at that has that same kind of mid-century architecture mm-hmm. uh, architecture, and like a hardwood floor yeah. and everything like that. And I like love little theaters like yeah, that. They're fun. really cool. Um, So my number five is a very little place called Kilby Court. There you go. So, I mean, it may be just a garage yeah. where you can just like pack people into, but I've had concert experiences at Kilby Court that I've never had anywhere else. For sure. And um, I think if you can get a really good band in there mm-hmm. and you can get really enthusiastic fans and pack the place in, it really does make for a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, like I remember seeing a Tokyo Police Club mm-hmm. at Kilby Court, and, and this was at the time where I was like a gigantic Tokyo Police Club fan. And they like had that whole – I mean – I say whole the venue, whole but it's like a tiny garage. <laughs> that
1: whole room.
0: Yeah, just like moving and just yeah. like going nuts. And you're like right in the face. It's like very intimate. You're right in the face of the band. Yeah,
1: I think that that is a very good point by you because I have had both incredible experiences at mm-hmm. at Kilby or and just like painfully boring experiences at Kilby. Yeah. And it's a lot because of how small it is and how tall like hipster indie kids tend to be. Yeah. Uh, They obfuscate my view quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you do have to have that movement, I think. A really energetic Mm -hmm. band with a really energetic crowd is necessary for me because then things Mm -hmm. cycle a bit and I'm not just standing behind a six foot five man the whole time.
0: I actually saw someone complaining on Twitter about that recently. And I think that's that's an interesting tangent to go on while we're having this conversation about venues. If you're Uh tall have a little courtesy have a, there's there's some concert etiquette that yeah. you know we should all agree to go to the back yeah just go to the back you can see fine
1: yeah you know especially at a place like kilby like yeah. you could stand outside mm-hmm. and still like see fine if there yeah. wasn't a wall there you could stand at the very back and you can it's not yeah. like you're missing the and show. if you're worried
0: about like you know touching the band yeah if you're seeing them at kilby court you're gonna say hi to him after yeah. like it's it's small you're gonna run into him um so, yeah, I think it prov- provides a really unique experience, and it's just got this kind of legacy in Utah. I for really sure. appreciate Kilby Corp. All right.
1: Number four. My number four is Gallivan Center. Yeah. Again, another reach. This is what I – this is, like, I the last mm-hmm. two I really struggled with. Yeah. So, Gallivan's great for those summer outdoor concerts, you know. Mm-hmm. It used to be where they had the Twilight concerts before they moved them to Pioneer Park. Uh-huh. Um – you know, it's just a really nice place. It's got got a great, yeah, just great fixtures all around. Yeah, you know? I
0: th- yeah. I think a lot of people complain about the layout of it and how it's all wonky. Yeah, and, and whereas Pioneer Park is just kind of a field. Yeah, I actually really like it because again, like if you it's tiered seating almost. Yeah, yeah. There's like these tiers to it. Like yeah. you can, like and and when they pack in Gallivan for a concert, you see people like sitting on the railing of the bridge. Yeah. and everything like that and. Mm-hmm. Then they have the uh, the kind of like rec center that's in the back part of Gallivan mm-hmm. and that deck up top gets filled up with people. And when you pack that place in, it actually can provide a really cool concert yeah. experience downtown. Big fan. Yeah, I really like Galvin Center too. What's your number four? Uh, my number four, Saltaire. And this is another one where people have opinions about Saltaire.
1: Yeah, I don't really like Saltaire. Yeah, much. a lot
0: of people don't like Saltaire. I love Saltaire. Um, it might not ha- have the best sound. It might be a little echoey. Yeah, And, um, but I love like, again, I, I, it goes back to like the, the architecture fetishism. Yeah. I love, I can totally see that. I love the like history of it, the architecture of it. Um, and I, I love also a balcony.
1: (laughs) I see. And that's my biggest issue with it. Honestly, is the bar section sucks. Like it's to the, (laughs) a bar should never be to the side. I don't think like it's to the side. So it's just a very strange angle. Yeah, You know, if I'm going to be going up a bunch of stairs, put me in the back so that I could like just get a good look at the, cause when you're on the side, you're still just behind a bunch of people. Yeah.
0: If you're standing in the bar area, you can't really see over cause it's, it, and not only, I guess the, the, the other problem with it is that it's positioned close to the front of the stage Yeah. where if you have to be looking over the railing to be sitting yeah. down at the stage. So if you're standing in the bar area, yeah, I, I understand that gripe.
1: Um, you also got to leave like 45 minutes early if you want to get home that night.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the other thing. Uh, if it's, it's all the way out in like near Tooele and it is a bit of
1: a drive and, and the parking, I was more talking about the parking than the the actual drive. Yeah. That parking lot is a nightmare.
0: Yeah. You want it, you want you want to kind of cut and run early, Mm -hmm. but I also like, uh, sometimes they'll do concerts on, on the back lawn. Yeah. And if you've ever been to a concert on that back lawn, that that saw like sunset—it definitely is that, nice. You know, it's like it's pretty magical. And actually, in uh, um, did you listen to the Joe Rogan episode where he talked to Post Malone? No, he actually cited that as a reason why he moved to Utah. S- Saltaire? yeah, he, he played a show at Saltair, and they put him. They they said it got oversold, uh huh, and so they had to move it out there because when they move a show out there. They can open up the venue yeah. and there's the top deck outside and they can bring more people out and it kind of provides a better view and, and it's not so packed in. And, nice. and so he said that they, they oversold it, moved it t- to the outside. And while he was like doing a show, like he had that Salt Lake sunset yeah. and he just like, he just like kind of hit him in, in a certain way and he, he just, it made him want to, it inspired him to move to Utah
1: it must not have been one of the super smelly days yeah that's another thing with a lot of flies and mosquitoes
0: but also it's just it's another one of those things that i just like i yeah it's it's kind of gross but it's 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 our kind of gross you know where i'm like
1: something you can feel
0: uh you know a a farmer might feel nostalgic at the smell of horse shit yeah and that's the kind of feeling that i get with salt air um so that's my number four
1: uh number three looking at the the rest of our three we have the same three just in a couple just just one of them is a different order okay so my number 3 is redview gardens uh, yep. if we're if we're ranking based solely on like the environment and you know kind of like the presentation that is the clear cut winner yeah you know i think that it would be number 1 for me mm-hmm. um it's got obviously the seating is, is wonderful the stage yeah. is great the sound is good the environment in terms of intimacy is pretty good you know like Mm -hmm. it's an intimate setting i think the Um, the
0: aesthetic of the garden that's that's right
1: in front of the stage it's just not typically my favorite way to see a concert you know lawn environment a lawn environment sitting down i Mm -hmm. mean obviously you can stand up and dance but like that's fun and i also think that like the offerings are a bit limited I don't think that...
0: The programming isn't
1: right up your alley. Yeah, I don't think that music with an edge gets enough play anywhere. Yeah. Like festivals. Mm -hmm. Festivals are all indie and hip-hop. Yeah. And, like, that's pretty much what outdoor concerts are all, too. Mm It's just, like, indie and hip-hop, so... Yeah. I like indie and hip-hop, but it's just not my cup of tea in terms of a concert yeah so i put it at number three despite it being a real number one
0: yeah yeah and so Red Bee garden is my number two um and i yeah i think it's i think it's a beautiful venue it's really well run yep. it, it has a great um like it just it's just a unique experience mm-hmm. where um it's it's pretty intimate and they program it again like this is i, I think for our kind of age group yeah it's not the most popular choice because um the programming is a little more geared towards maybe older groups a chilled Even, out crowd yeah a chilled out kind of outdoor concert vibe you know mm-hmm. and um and because of the i guess part of it I, I think is the operating costs and um the fact that they they do like bring bangers yeah to whether whether you know you, you're into gary clark jr or not that's a, like a kind of a higher tier. No, absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, act, they bring a ton of a ton of really good act, like people that have no business being on a tiny stage on this little lawn. You know? uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree And with you. and so that's why they're like really
1: expensive. And the BYOB thing is wonderful. It's just like and that's you and that's just write that off. That's and
0: again, that's a part of the unique experience. The fact yeah. that you could just bring, I've seen people bring Gatorade coolers, the orange Gatorade coolers that you see at football practice. Yeah full of margarita mix <laughs> pouring them out in yeah. groups of their friends and stuff like that. I've seen people drink wine from bottles mm-hmm. <laughs> in that venue.
1: It's a lo- it's a lawless country. Out yeah. There. It's
0: really, really good. I, I love, love it. it. Um, so yeah, uh, Red Butte garden. And, and, um, also i I think most of the time that I see a concert at Red Butte, the band playing is always like, "Wow, look at this!" Yeah,
1: they're always like, "Oh, this is cool." Well, like, it's a, it's a it is experience. a great setting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right up, right up on that mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, getting yeah. getting up there and yeah, obviously it's a garden. Yeah, so. it's a, yeah, it's really pretty <laughs> and yeah, it's a good yeah. vibe. So Red Butte Gardens, awesome, wonderful uh, stuff. So that
0: so your number three, my number two, um, my number three, which is your number two, correct? So Those flip flopped. Those are the flip floppers. Uh, yeah. So my number three is Urban Lounge. Yeah. Again, the intimate experience, Mm -hmm. smaller. I don't want to put it down by saying divey but divy is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't to think me. you're
1: putting it down by saying divey. Yeah. And you enter that bathroom. That is a divy bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you know, uh, again, it's the aesthetic of the whole thing. You yeah. Know? absolutely. I, I love it. And, and they
1: definitely have, in my opinion, the best alcohol selection. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of any of the, of the places that I'm talking mm-hmm. about here. So, and
0: honestly, the, the, they do, they do really well with how they run that little bar in the back. Like mm-hmm. those, the bartenders bust their ass to get everyone drinks. Yeah. And it doesn't always feel like you're waiting forever and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, nice little downtown location. I love it that it's kind of more in central city and not quite downtown. Yeah. Um, that's a part of the city that I really like. Um, and their programming is always good. It's kind of like this, it's kind of like where you go to catch a band right before they hit it huge. Like For sure. If they're a little bit bigger than like going to Kilby court, but next time they come, they're going to be selling out the complex. Exactly. You'll catch them in the middle at urban lounge, which is mm-hmm. a really cool place to catch a band, you know, yeah. like
1: that. Um, and it does have the exclusivity of a 21 and up crowd. You yeah. Know? And I remember when I was like 19 years old, always there was always bands that I loved going mm-hmm. to play at Urban Lounge, whether it was This Will Destroy You or POS and Doomtree or whomever. whomever. Yeah. Like all of these bands that I loved would be going to Urban. I always thought it was like the, this mythical place. And I remember when I finally got to go there, it was to see Dessa and Sims. Uh-huh. And it was just like, oh, This is just like every other venue I've been to in my life. Yeah. Kinda gross. Pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Nice intimate experience. The stage isn't like way high. Yeah. I Um, love urban lounge. And there's one thing that I really like about it is the there is a camaraderie that is formed in a smoking area of a venue. And they have a great smoking area.
0: If we could if we could make another uh list of like the best smoking patios in salt (laughs) lake city which actually is a very interesting list to make yeah i think urban lounge would be up there yeah i love that patio Mm -hmm. just
1: going out in between acts and just like even if you don't smoke Mm -hmm. you just hang out yeah you know wonder what someone is smoking because it smells good get some fresh or not so fresh air Yeah, exactly and
0: and a lot of the time that's where you'll run into the band you know they're out there too smoking and for sure like i remember we went and saw twin peaks there Mm -hmm. and the whole band was that they're they're all smokers and they were just all hanging out smoking while the opening act was playing and stuff like that hanging out talking to people drinking beer and yeah yeah it was it was awesome um and yeah, it it is like small and intimate enough that if you go see a band that you really like there, you're probably gonna run into them and talk mm-hmm. to them for a little bit. Like we saw Doomtree there. Yep. And speaking of seeing Doomtree there, um, you remember when we saw Doomtree in uh, Denver? Yeah. So the Marquee Theater. Yes. Reminds me so much of the Ur- of Urban Lounge. Absolutely. Like that was the same kind of vibe, where it's like this small stage in the corner, bar in the back, restaurant. And Owned right by next, the same yeah. company next yeah, door. Yeah, right next yeah. door. Yeah, it was True. like kind of the same setup. And I wonder if, like, maybe, so Urban Lounge, I think it's, they're owned by SNS. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah SNS owns Rye as well. I wonder if they they know the people at Marquee Theater. That'd be interesting. It seems like a very similar setup. It really is. Yeah. Um, but those, I, do,
1: I did love that Marquee pizza. Just like yeah. really, really, really good. Really big slices yeah.
0: of it. Also, another, like, I had like probably three or four conversations with strangers just sitting out in the yeah, smoking area. exactly. Afternoon. So it's like that same kind of vibe. Exactly. Um, Denver's a really friendly city. Yeah. I love Denver. Um,
1: okay. We have both have the same number one. We do have the same number one.
0: And it is The Depot. The Depot. What do you like about The Depot?
1: Pretty much everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is the most, in my opinion, the most versatile mm-hmm. uh, of places. Like I've seen... Comedy shows there. Mm-hmm. I've seen performances by small bands, big bands, mm-hmm. punk bands, electronic bands. Yeah. Like it is a Rorschach test for uh, of a venue, pretty much. Yeah. Like it, it looks at if you look at it, it is whatever you want it to be. Basically, mm-hmm. you know. Um, seeing Tycho there was a wonderful yeah. time because they have great presentation. So you can put the video screen. You know, they got, you got the video screen behind them. You can do mm-hmm. some fun stuff with that. And then seeing, like, I saw Descendants and the Bronx there. Yeah. And the Bronx, that was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. I've seen the Bronx, like, 16 times on accident. They're uh-huh. always just opening for punk bands that I want to see. Yeah. And I just remember I was in the circle pit that was formed. The singer just jumps on in with us. Uh-huh. And he's just, like, vocalizing directly from the pit. And, like, I'm running around, and I just get my leg caught up in his microphone cord, and I'm just hopping, like, yeah. with my hand, my hand on his shoulder. He is, like, screaming his lyrics while trying to help me unwrap yeah. as I'm hopping one-footed. Uh-huh. It's just
0: And you just won't have that experience that, like, you complex. Exactly. Yeah. You can't
1: have that experience everywhere. So, like, the mm-hmm. depot, just very versatile. Yeah. Wonderful bathrooms.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good. Ba- yeah. As far as facilities go. Yeah, Like, this, yeah, the depot to me seems like, if we're, like, the, th- the things that I wanted to consider are, like, sound quality, uh, the concessions or the bar and the accessibility, like where is it located? How's the parking, the cleanliness, the experience. And it kind of hits all of those things. It really does. You know, there might be a venue that does one better than the other, but that's like the perfect down the middle. I agree. And it's, and it's small enough that it doesn't feel like a theater. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like Murray theater feels bigger than the depot. The depot feels kind of small, but
1: I will say those stairs sometimes can be a killer. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I do prefer, just like with Urban Lounge, I prefer the 21 and up show yeah. at the depot because then they got the bar on the lower level open, Yeah, whereas they don't have that if it's an all ages show. Uh-huh. So I do prefer a 21 and up show at the depot.
0: Yeah. If you get it to, a, to a 21 and up show at the depot, it's like perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's my and favorite. Then, yeah.
1: You have both bars. And again, I love a balcony. $5 parking a block away. Like mm-hmm. I'm not afraid. I'll pay $5 for parking yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. Especially if it's like, like accessible. Yeah. As opposed to the goddamn... Uh, what are we talking about? Salt air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Not yeah. Not great parking. Right,
0: it's like all the way out in the sticks. And yeah, then there's a crowd that you have to be out of, out of the venue. Yeah, which is like the biggest problem with like Usana too. It's like way out in the sticks. Yeah, I always feel also very awful watching a show at Usana at sunset because the sun is facing the stage. Yeah, and like. If you want to see performers sweat, go see that you yeah, saw him because they're all, like, sure. I always feel so bad. And just for like him.
1: squint. It's like, yeah. Is there anybody out there? <laughs> a little Titanic.
0: But yeah, like the versatility of the depot and I, yeah, the com, like it actually does make a good, like kind of alternative comedy room. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. kind of cool how they can. I set saw Anthony up,
1: Jesselnick there.
0: Which is like the perfect place to go see Anthony Jesselnik. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was even probably before the like renovations of like wise guys and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it does, like, yeah. If you have kind of a hard-hitting comedian that maybe won't sell out Kingsbury, yeah. But but you know, is there's going to be way more demand than wise guys can fit? Exactly. The Depot's yeah. a good kind of middle ground. I agree. And um, and yeah, between the sound and the facilities and everything like that, it kind of just hits all. And and the programming too. Like you can see, I think I think I've like. When Robert Plant was doing like kind of his more bluegrassy stuff, like he's yeah. gone through there. But then you have like I think when I when I missed Gallant was at the Depot, which would mm-hmm. have been like a perfect place to go see Gallant. Absolutely. And it's kind of you know how like if, at the complex they have the kind of side room. Mm-hmm. I, they call it something else. I can't remember. It's like yeah, Rockwell they got two different rooms like for that. it. Yeah. When they do the side room thing, it feels like about the same size as the Depot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why don't you just do this at the Depot? Like, yeah. uh, like let's you know, let's True. let's do away with this complex can be the complex but if you have a show like that like we saw uh, do you remember seeing will Dicky yeah at that little side room yeah he put on a great show but man if he was at the Depot I think it would have been like way better yeah and then again the bar situation's better
1: but yeah and I think just in terms of the rest of them you mm-hmm. know like I I think it all is kind of dependent on the show like I think Metro can be a fun venue mm-hmm. depending on the show I'm yeah. seeing at Metro it's yeah. really long. Um, yeah yeah it, it is like a literal music hall yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I don't like the complex very much yeah I don't like USANA very much and I haven't been to Union Event Center mm-hmm. since it was the rail and even then that was for like a it was just a gay club yeah league. yeah so
0: and that's I think that's the problem with a lot of these places is like the complex feels more like a warehouse than yeah. a it feels more like a complex than a venue (laughs) truly and uh same with like the like the event center like Mm -hmm. these kind of event center type places like they don't feel like a venue the depot feels like a venue it does like like, you have bars and you have a good presentation a great sound system and it feels like that building was meant for that purpose i agree and i think that goes a long way um but yeah i yeah And, and metro feels like they're gearing it towards that venue experience because they have like the bar along along the Mm -hmm. side and then they have like the smoking outside yeah and it feels it's it feels like a venue i haven't been there in a long time i don't think i've been there since we saw Aesop rock
1: yeah it's probably last time i was there
0: yeah which actually was a really great show it was a good show yeah it was a fun a fun show at the metro um so i I feel like metro has like the potential to be
1: more of like a venue Mm -hmm. that gets
0: like some more hard hitters i don't i don't know i can't remember is parking like pretty bad there though (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think there really is parking. Yeah, it's just like
0: kind of throw your car wherever. Yeah,
1: yeah, hope for the best.
0: Anyway, just talking about this has made me really want to go back to shows. Yeah, so support your local uh, venues, your local artists, things like that. We'll. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to go back and and see some concerts. One day, one day we'll get there. Um, so that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, thank you everyone who supported us, uh, through our absence last week. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, we're going to be working on the website a lot this week. So, uh, check probably after, I mean, it's probably going to stay as like a single landing page for the weekend, but check back next week and and we're going to kind of revamp it. And if you haven't, yet uh, subscribe to us on youtube uh, where you can find the video version of this podcast Um, subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast whether that's spotify or apple google play Um, and then you can follow us uh, on instagram at holy hive utah and uh, we'll be back next week we will and until then stay safe mask up and uh, support local venues
1: salute mi familia
0: later